0: Not believe the 500 yards of shit-smelling foulness we waded through to bring you this podcast today. Um, there was just I I don't know there there was a, a level of of technical difficulty that I believe officially qualifies all four of us simultaneously as baby boomers. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was it was it was pretty bad. It was an organizational failure on a on a, a king's commanders level. Really, uh, you know that that's all we can compare it to. I think.
0: I think an AARP card just appeared in my wallet.
1: Oh, that's nice. That's nice. I mean, it, it it's really good when you get to that that age where your um the way you pay for health insurance comes directly out of your social security, and then you just never know how much it costs jesus
0: should we revisit last week when i said are you asking me if i have problems with american society <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. um <laughs> I, I think, no I, I think that's that's there are a lot of problems i mean maybe none more so than uh you know how our our higher education system works which is like hey you know what you really need to go to college. Oh, okay, cool. I'll, I'll do that. Is is that a thing that's like easily attainable? How deep are your pockets is usually the answer to that. I mean, that's, that's a problem, but uh, you know, in your mileage may vary based off of, you know, where you go to school.
0: Yes. And, and, and that question of where you go to school is how you Pierce uh, wound up in a a conversation that you relayed to us earlier today, uh, that I think tickled us all at least a little bit.
1: Yeah. So I was somewhere last night with, with some friends and, um, in just in conversation, uh, mentioned that I had been to, uh, the university of Maryland's campus once, the university of Maryland college park for, for people who call it that. Um, and and kevin and i actually went for a a puzzle uh, what would you call it like a, a puzzle day essentially um it was it was it was cooler than than it sounds but it was day. that's the only time i've ever been there yes man oh, i was there oh, too Max. oh i forgot you were I mean, there. it was there rainy too. so we couldn't unless you um, went
2: twice it was super rainy yeah we couldn't explore yeah, because, because it was s- supposed to be a scavenger hunt but it was not
1: Ah, uh, that's it i that went several yeah. times so so <laughs> but Someone said to me, and and one of the two people did go to University of Maryland for grad school, and then the, the, the other person said, kind of in response to me saying I went once, they go, oh, it's a really pretty campus, right? Now, I have subjective and objective reasons to not really agree, so I responded kindly there and said probably second in Maryland behind Annapolis, which I think is true. Like I would say that, but, you know, I am a person who went to UVA, um, have spent some time in Athens, Georgia now, at at University of Georgia's campus, have been to Kenyon College, and a lot of my family went to Ole Miss. These are all places that are objectively very pretty and and enjoyable in great college campuses in their own way. So what I came to there was like, I had to answer the question. I didn't want to be a jerk. But then from there, it it gets to well, what makes something a good college campus and enjoyable, a pretty one, so to say. Um, and is there a way that we can be objective about that? And certainly U.S. News and World Report tries to do that every year, whomever.
0: Yeah, so it's a... It is sort of an interesting question. And and I spent, you know, I spent a fair amount of time obviously on the Maryland campus because that is also where I went to grad school. Um uh, and my reaction was I, I don't know, the quads nice, but there's kind of a lot of other shit on the campus that's pretty terrible. Um and and, and honestly i i stayed in a fairly small portion of the campus because it's kind of how being in grad school as opposed to undergrad works um but mm-hmm. I, you know so i i, I sent a, a drone picture of McKeldon mall which is like the main sort of quad it's kind of like a a multi-level situation much like the lawn at uva and there's a, a big library mm-hmm. at the end and there's kind of like a I don't know, like a, a pool, like a, you know, it's not really a reflecting pool, but there's like a pool of some sort kind of down the middle of it. And it like, it is a pretty quad, but Kevin, you you rightly pointed out, like having a nice quad is basically the bare minimum for a college campus. And it seemed like a pretty bulletproof argument to me because also, you know, a hundred to 200 yards away from that quad is college park maryland and (laughs) i i can't really think of a bigger detracting (laughs) factor from the the beauty and enjoyability of
2: the university of maryland campus than that yeah you have to have the the one picture of the quad which at almost every school has like i am in uh in Harrisonburg, where James Madison University is. It is a small campus. It has a quad surrounded by buildings with the same architecture, and it's it's pretty. The, the rest of the campus is, is fine. Like the Usually colleges have some, again, like some older set of buildings that have similar architecture, and then maybe there's a newer part of campus where they have a more modern aesthetic. So that kind of feels like the 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 par for the course and i i put maryland in my experience in maryland i'd kind of put them in that category
1: yeah and i think that a place like you know virginia tech checks off a similar box to to maryland which is um it has a a, a quad that is known for how it looks which is honestly very austere and overwhelming the first time you're there and the window almost blows you over um but it is it is of a piece and it is there is some continuity in the design and stuff and i think that that is cool but to kevin's point you get that a lot of places it's the yes and um because everybody gets the little snippet in like you know be the acc or big east or whatever kind of game you're watching and they'll get a little thing it's like this defines us on our campus um max i'm kind of interested with you because you are from the northeast and i feel like a lot of Northeast campuses kind of have similar molds, especially a lot of the small liberal arts schools. You know, pick one that has a, a name that sounds like a last name. Smith, Swarthmore. Colby, Bates, Swarthmore, Bowden, or Bo- Bowden. Is it Bowden or Bowden, Bowden, Bowden. Yeah. And I I imagine that those are kind of like they weren't made in a lab because it was. They were made probably before labs existed, but there's a certain rhythm to them. And it's like, that is the Sims version of college campuses, I imagine. And and those are a little bit more easy to compare, um, but it does end up, I think, you know, maybe starting with that quad. And so how do you differentiate?
3: Yeah, it's a tough, I feel like it's so much more based on the setting, like where the school is. I mean, Kevin mentioned JMU, which has more space to expand and is surrounded by, the Blue Ridge Mountains. If you think about Northeast colleges, maybe not upstate New York. You have your your Cornells and your Ithacas, which
2: we can talk about those
3: for sure. Syracuse, Buck, uh, um, uh, Binghamton. Colgate, those kind of schools. Binghamton or even the sunnis Um, in terms of like New England, or I mean, like the Ivy League schools, a lot of them are set in in medium or larger cities. So when I think about like. Mm-hmm. Brown and, and Columbia, they're kind of working around an urban center and certainly like Penn. I mean, Penn, it's so hard to compare. Like Penn is a beautiful school, but it's it's not just surrounded by Philadelphia. It's surrounded by downtown Philadelphia and not necessarily great parts of it, at least not 10 years ago. So like, I think Penn does a really fantastic job when you're on the campus of feeling like you're not, you're, you're either not in the city or you're at least you feel like you're first and foremost on the, the on Penn's campus. Whereas if you go to like George Washington University in DC, you feel like you're in DC. You do not feel or NYU. The, oh my even. God. Like yeah. Parts of NYU are spread throughout the city. Where where Columbia in New York City has its own feel to it. So so there's almost I I mean it's it's there's a lot at play here, but I think like for one, it's like, do you feel like you're on a college campus, or do you feel like you're just in the place that you're in? Is the well and,
1: and sense of place is is really important because being adjacent to Washington Square Park in New York is cool. Being adjacent to Foggy Bottom is far from cool. <laughs> I mean, it's a there's a nice Whole Foods, but that is not a differentiator. are it's a differentiator in the same way that like people be like, "Oh, well, laundry is free here." It's like that is practically good, but I think what makes a college campus, you know, pretty or or uh some a place you would want to visit as as someone who doesn't necessarily go there has to do more with the um, form over the function in a lot of ways. So another another really good example of
0: the 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 pen thing, which is like a you know a nice campus that exists very much integrated into a big bustling city, but in a way that is like a an island oasis in the middle instead of being just like part of the East Village. USC USC is mm-hmm. like. A couple blocks from like south Central, very much like not a good part of Los
1: Angeles, that campus is gorgeous,
0: yeah it's insane and, and, and nice
1: and and that's and I was actually going to say that too is like you have u s c which is beautiful and is like kind of encased, and then you have a place like u c l a which is very pretty, but also it's because it's in one of the the ritziest neighborhoods that exist. And and so I mean I think it's 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 hard to say that oh if you integrate really well with the surrounding area that makes you a cooler campus because I mean truth be told like okay we all went to UVA and it is I think objectively like very beautiful and and there is and the academical village is is not that functional I mean it functions but it's not that functional some two hundred years on. Um, but, like, it feels like it integrates with Charlottesville, but it really doesn't. It's kind of a, a, a shaded version of uh, through a filter, Charlottesville through a filter. Because, you know, the, the distance between, you know, grounds and, like, the corner um, and downtown is is there is an age gap, gap. And then there's also, like, an income gap between those two places. So um, I'm also, look, I, I'm as much in the tank for UVA as
0: all of us. I think it also really bears mentioning that, I don't know, UVA is a pretty mixed bag. There's some pretty low lows. A lot of, like, as you go up, you know, as you go up uh, McCormick towards Alderman, like, basically until a couple years ago, that whole new dorms, Alderman residential area was awful, really bad. A lot of the kind of, you know, 60s buildings like Gilmer Hall is uh, not pretty at all. We just has gotten a face uh, some of the stuff. Know. Oh, that's exciting. Um, some of the stuff that's kind of back in the back of Engineering Row, the, the mech building where Max spent all of his time is sorry, it's very ugly Um. But it's like, functional,
1: but that's our, <laughs> exactly but that's the point. And, Hold on, and so this you want to the no, you this, go to architecture school,
0: but this gets here's what I'm driving at.
3: No, I know, I'm not disagreeing.
0: So many of these kind of classic examples of really beautiful campuses, you know, we're talking about old architecture, you know, and, and stuff like that. And a lot of it, I think, is not just about, like, where there's space to expand, it's the enrollment. If you are a school that only has to serve, like, 2,000 to 5,000 students and your enrollment is not really growing all that much over a, you know, five- or ten-year period, like, you can get away with maintaining a higher percentage of your campus in the you know kind of nice older style as opposed to having to build new buildings where it doesn't make sense for you to continue to build buildings in 2022 in the Jeffersonian style of architecture. And so I think a great example of this is the University of Richmond, which is a small oh, private no. school in the west end of Richmond. And it is this Hamlet, where I, and and they're interesting because it seems to me from the couple of times that I've spun through their campus that everything was built in sort of like a faux Gothic cathedral type style. Everything looks sort of manufacturedly old. Um, like there's buttresses on the football stadium. It's kind of weird. Um, but is that like what helps them win. Sure, I don't know if they ever win, but. I heard
1: I heard it's because their coach used to be a cop. But that's, like that's probably uh, what helps. But if them you
0: mind. if you were having and, and this is another reason why I think it, it's also maybe easier for private schools to do this if you get to set more of your agenda, you know, whether it's number of students, whether it's tuition, like you then have more control over what your campus looks like as opposed to if you're a part of like a large public university system
1: mm-hmm. yeah i think in university of richmond is, is a great example and it, it takes me back to like university of richmond is a place that if you were passing through town would be fun to go walk around in because it is it is beautiful and it is you know there's continuity it's not very large i feel like something that is kind of um Concentrated is really helpful And it's I mean the setting is it's basically It feels like it's in the woods You know in a lot of ways and that's Um, And and
0: part of that is that it's pretty removed From the rest of town so like if you Were passing through Richmond on a trip it's Actually not a place you would go Most likely Mm
1: -hmm. Unless you have cousins that live in the the Ritzy part of of Richmond which is Where it is I mean not not Unlike the UCLA scenario
0: It's adjacent to the Country Club of Virginia
1: yeah and and kind of to to max the point you were making about these science buildings it's like science buildings in like you know every basically every state school is going to have these big buildings that they have to do big classes in or they have to have the labs like those are the practical buildings they are kind of unavoidable and the things that makes them um better is like you know like the new basically tower that they have for the engineering school at uva that's like an impressive building, but it's not why people are are. It's not what people are seeing on the tour if they don't go there or if they're just you know walking around. They're like, oh my, you know my my, gr- you know my grandson goes here or something like that. So I, I mean, I think part of it is is like what makes these places interesting. What makes these pretty is like what is getting the eyes. And honestly what is getting the the dollars the people to give back like putting in the the appealing building or or the nostalgic thing i think a lot of the times
2: yeah i think one thing that <clears throat> that i like about uva's campus i've been and there i've seen many college campuses and uva is the one that i think has the most like integration or or kind of continuity a lot of places are like, oh, here are where the dorms are, here is where the campus is, here are like where the graduate students go. Whereas UVA, it feels more like it feels more interspersed. A lot of students are able to get off campus housing nearby class, which is not true at all in other places. Um, and I, I do think that the while there are some lows, it's kind of neat that. The, the buildings are changing up like there might be sections of the school where they're different or, or where they're similar but they're changing up and then you've got you know the law campus and the you know the the business campus so I think it, it does that really well so like at at UC Berkeley it was a gorgeous campus but then all the all the living is like in this detached area and then you're it feels weird because there's just like a street and it ends and then you're in downtown Berkeley which is a much different area so it's just like it doesn't feel integrated at all within the, the location it is even though it's you know gorgeous on its own
1: yeah I think there's something there about the inorganic and the organic like the the you know your quad is is in many ways like the buildings there and everything that is an inorganic space but you know the the setting like University of Washington, for instance, which which has beautiful views over, you know, Seattle and everything else. The organic space adds a lot to it. And I would even say like the way um, the campus becomes part of the city or the town or whatever, that feels like an organic connection. So I, I mean, I think there that that it's it's just for these bigger schools, what I'm hearing from this, it's hard to have control of how your organic and inorganic spaces work and that has uh, you know that has a lot of a lot of challenges like having just gone to a school that is uh, like walked around a campus that is very small and has these you know the average class size is like 30 people it's a lot easier to control all those things when you don't ever have to make a classroom larger than maybe one for a hundred people like that's i mean that makes a huge difference in and how and how you can make everything look now you have to Usually pay a lot to go to a place like that, but you know there is a different level of control for for how pretty it is.
2: Yeah, I think that also that is where the the city thing comes into play. Like to me, it takes something away when the when the main event or like people aren't visiting the place for your school. Like UCLA is secluded from the city and it's beautiful, probably the prettiest campus I've been to, but again, it just feels weird. It's like, I'm next to LA. Like, why would I come up and be here unless I was going to school here or going to a sporting event? Whereas I think that other places that are more college towny, that's not the case. But though then when the school is the only thing in town, I think that's kind of, you know, the other end of the spectrum, which isn't great either.
1: Yeah. I mean, in, uh, you know, in defense of Virginia Tech, um, Blacksburg is the way it's integrated with her. It's not like it's, it's super it's not like the downtown is super pretty but there is something pretty charming about how like it is it is the game in town and and there is a lot of you know overlapping and able to go in there and like the town it is very much a college town and i think that was the first place i i went and really understood that now i didn't really go until after i graduated from college i don't think but i saw like oh this is what a college town is like and i think that there are there are a lot of places Probably in the Northeast, maybe more so in the Midwest, where you you kind of get you get that that feeling. Um, and I think that that is a really enhancing one too.
0: I'd like to pause and, and recognize for a second that I think that's probably the first time that you've ever said in defense of Virginia Tech and followed it with something that wasn't a flippant remark about how like we shouldn't have expected anything from them because they don't know how to do
1: words good. so congratulations on your moment of personal growth yeah it's i mean it's an it's an engineering school and and you know um i i work with so many of them that that i've i've learned to be very patient um i mean look two two of the four of us wrote theses in college
0: it wasn't you or me no
1: (laughs) which so yeah i mean you know, there are five paragraph papers over there, you know, and I know I know there's a lot of belly aching over that even. Um, oh, two steps forward, but, one step back. bad peers. Um, But but uh, that that also makes me think and, and talking about the cities. And, and honestly, I think one of the to me, one of the more interesting cases for this is like, is it a good college campus or not, is actually Georgetown's. And that's a place that I toured and applied to. And like, I've been up to their campus a number of times having grown up where I grown up, where I've grown up. And it's a hard one to, to think about because it has the, the old buildings that are really pretty. It has history. It is in a city, but is kind of detached from it. But I don't know how much time you all have spent there, but it always, it could, it could be, it could be a university, university of Richmond, basically. But it does not have the appeal and it's hard to express what that is and, and and maybe you all have thought about it more
3: it doesn't have what appeal
1: um it just doesn't like if you're on the campus you i, I don't think i feel like it's a special place yeah. in the same way that um you go to University of Richmond and you're like wow this is like, like it is cool walking around like, i don't i don't go
2: there and think i want to i wish i would have gone to school here like, mm-hmm. Yeah, fact, and maybe
1: that's the well, feeling. For me,
2: that's the feeling. For me, for. it has the same problem as UCLA, mm-hmm. which is that it's like if I'm here and and Harvard too, it's like, well, it's I'm here, but M Street's right there. I like I don't know. Part of, to me, like part of being a college student is being like poor and not being able to afford anything, and so I hate being in places where I don't where I feel like other people oh, wait, are on the same sorry. page as me. Hang on, you you said
0: part of the college experience is being poor and not being able to afford things and you think that being near m street georgetown in washington dc fails that test somehow
2: well no it just means like you'll you'll see people who are not on the same page as you like very overtly
1: you should well, be able to be <laughs> in college and be functionally poor. Yes, and I, I read Kevin's statement as you cannot be functionally poor and and like go to Georgia and and I don't mean oh, to well, like go to of bars there, is, is, but that's uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh,
0: f- flippancy aside, like that is the oh. case with every private school pretty much. Like that's how that's how that sure. works. There's no in-state tuition break at Georgetown. There's no in-state <laughs> tuition break at Harvard. Now, Har- the Ivy League is well, an interesting case because the Ivy League touts their financial aid and their commitment to, you know, trying to, to open open their doors to people from all financial walks of life <clears throat> more than most places do. But like, I, I don't know, man. I think. If if you're walking in the door at Stanford, you can almost certainly afford to be in Palo Alto.
3: There's also plenty of dives and places around Harvard Square where you can get a a cheap college person's priced drink.
1: Yeah, I don't. They're just mixed
3: in with the other places in Harvard Square.
1: And I don't think that those really exist at, at Georgetown. There is there is one bar they may not i don't
3: don't know yeah
1: there's there's the tombs but like i've walked around there and haven't seen anything else um but but yeah i mean that's the i i I think kevin you've really hit on it is like what makes a place pretty or appealing it's like oh wow it would have been cool to go here and i don't i don't get that feeling with with a place like um georgetown um and i certainly don't get that with with maryland because to go back to like the original point with kevin it's like the quad is nice but then like college park isn't isn't doing anything for me unless i really enjoy the scent of couches on fire
0: (laughs) yeah it's uh you only you only have to sit through the same red light on baltimore avenue for three cycles because no one can drive one time for the place to lose all of its charm
1: yeah but but also in in i think a lot of this has been like we've we've said good things about the small places but you know uh somewhere like uh morgantown west virginia uh for for wvu or our um you know state college pa where penn state is like people who go there seem to be really about it and love going back and it's not just because like these buildings are pretty I feel like in a lot of cases, I've I've never seen a picture of a uh, building at West Virginia, but everyone is so excited to go because there is the community aspect, and I don't know. Ultimately, that's it. You get a sense of a place, and a place is, in many ways, it's people. Sorry, you're you're
0: <laughs> it, you just touted Morgantown, uh, but you also denigrated college park unless you like the smell of couches being on fire. The number one thing <laughs> I know that what I Morgantown did. is most famous for, more than having the school in it, is burning the couches.
1: Yes, which I've learned from someone who goes there is is technically illegal and they've enforced it. More it's illegal everywhere. So you can set game.
0: furniture on <laughs> fire on the fucking street. I don't know that's
1: true. Do you, I, I don't do you know think that it's not? Florida. Do you
0: really think that's not true? That,
1: i think in florida that would be called cancel culture and they're not allowed to do that in florida anymore um but uh yeah i think that but but still like people get excited to go back and be a part of that with west virginia in a way that you know for people going back to college park they're like yeah i guess i did that but it's not it's not like the same level of excitement and that's where like the um Understanding the community through the people that that are excited about it, like there, there is there is a difference. Yeah,
0: if you're going to a Maryland reunion, you really you go to, you go with your friends and you go on a DC trip and you go up to College Park one day for events. I think that makes sense. Um, just yeah, just by by way of, of wrapping things up, I you, you're setting a dangerous precedent uh, when you suggest. That Florida should be our standard of American reasonableness. So just keep an eye on that. Just, just that, for the future. That was a,
1: a, a, fl- a that was a, a flippant <laughs> note. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Never. We're, we're gonna cut. Pierce is out of rock i I think it's like you know having an adult moment, like trying to see trying to see more of a more of the the, the world and and be more understanding. But we we do have to set boundaries, like saying positive things about Florida. Yeah.
2: And Virginia Tech. Well,
0: I I know we've kind of already made you do it a few times on this podcast, but you know what's what's one more for posterity? Uh, what what are you apologizing for? Because it's it's time for Pierce's sorry.
1: You 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 all you all tried to make me apologize for being nice to people that I'm not normally nice to. I, who's who are the real monsters here? I, not I.
0: I applauded you for being nice to them, and you immediately turned around and said something dickish about them
1: well i you know consistency is important but um actually uh so this apology is is really a a self-apology but in the moment i did i did express remorse and the only reason it's a self-apology is i don't want to really apologize to 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 these individuals because i thought that they were all terrible people but when I was when I was growing up it's not it wasn't a friend but there was uh, a family in um, their kid who I was around a lot. and I was having a conversation with the dad one time who I guess was a fine person maybe I'm apologizing to them but I sort of did in the moment anyways. So they're talking to me about um, where their son was born and, and growing up there and, and everything else and that that was interesting um, and, and I was you know just talking because you know, I didn't know that many. Uh, they were in the the military, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know that many military folks who had kids born in foreign countries." So I asked them, "Oh, what was it? What was it like growing up in in uh, uh, Panama?" And the guy looked at me very, very nicely. This this dad, and he said, "Well, Panama City is in Florida," and I horrified because I was a teenager at this time. Uh, I felt terrible for not realizing that, no, they were talking about being in Panama City, Florida, not Panama City, Panama. So um, that was a pretty horrifying um, lack of knowledge. And, um, you know, to come back around to Florida, sometimes it's even important to do your research on on what is in Florida. Yeah, um, it might even just be better to steer clear of Florida altogether. Just yeah. if, if you can, I just. I mean, imagine being born <laughs> in Panama City Beach. Oh God,
0: that sounds mm-hmm. like a disaster. Oof! Yeah, that um, that that's a chilling thought. So we should uh, we should move on and 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 do a big idea from pop culture, uh, and it's uh. <laughs> I finished another book. Um, so, uh, we, we can, we can talk about that. Uh, I listened to the audiobook version of a book called Dilla time, uh, which is a chronicle of the life and career of the, uh, the famous DJ and producer Jay Dilla. Uh, and I, I i really i enjoyed it it's it's a great it's a great book for music heads uh, i actually really liked the audiobook version because one of the sort of central themes uh of dilla's work is a kind of reimagining of rhythm and instead of a very straightforward one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, where everything is on the beats, he would take individual sort of parts of a, a drum part and speed them up or slow them down or shift them slightly off beat in a way that would mix kind of straight time and, and swung feeling. And it was cool because there were occasional sort of audio examples and they also provided an accompanying like a PDF where the bibliography and footnotes and a couple of like kind of diagrams of some of this rhythm stuff were so I thought that was really neat uh, and there's also a, a fascinating point in his early career in Detroit uh, where uh, there there is a, a brief engagement between Dilla and a group he was working with and a uh, a label or production company or whatever owned by uh former bad boy piston John Sally so that was
3: that was kind of cool
0: so yeah I would would highly recommend uh, Dilla Time by Dan Charnis and if you are so inclined audiobook version is is a fun time as well Uh, okay it is time to close the show with a Rolling Stone Rock Trivia question Who the the new the The new who had the mustache? A Hall B (laughs) Oats.
2: Max, you got to get this one. I'm going (laughs) to I
1: I think it's I think it's A. A. I think it's A.
2: All right. Well, I had B in my head before Max said so. I guess I'll stick with B, and lose.
0: Kevin, my man, you are correct. The mustache was on John Oates, yes. not Daryl <laughs> Hall. Oh, yes. I... Oh. <laughs> what a ride! What what a roller as, coaster!
1: As, Ke- as Kevin well knows, I I had a uh, my my first year college roommate looked like, uh, I guess Oates. I'm sorry. What? This is a verifiable thing. Kevin, Kevin knows.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, he looked it's like John truth.
0: Oates of Daryl Hall and John Oates. <laughs> yes, I.
1: Yes, wow. He's he's also the fastest runner I have ever. He's doing great. He he, yeah. he
2: he cleaned up that look. He's a doctor. He's amazing. amazing, incredible stuff. In he's moving to Ann Arbor, Ooh. which is essentially like Charlottesville, so similar how very exciting uh
1: similar college towns well no because they're because they're a basketball and a football school
0: yeah that's that's the end of the show you can find us at our home on the web www.prettyokpod.com or subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice we'll be back next week to talk about something else until then i'm sean i'm pierce
2: I'm max i'm kevin thanks for listening